That's Orgasmic. You are joined by your host, Emily Duncan. And today I'm joined with Madeline, who is a fertility awareness educator. So how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No worries. So can you tell the Shaggers a bit about yourself and the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a fertility awareness educator and I'm based in Sydney. Um, And I sort of work with women and menstruators and teach them how to avoid pregnancy without the pill or any sort of hormonal contraception. Yeah, that's awesome. I think there's definitely in I've noticed the past couple of years more of a push towards different methods that aren't hormonal. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's great that there's different options because I even know myself I can tell, like I had, I was on the pill and the rod at one time and I have a heart condition. My heart was going crazy and I'm like, this can't be good for my body. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so can you just talk a bit about like what fertility awareness actually is? Yeah, absolutely. So fertility awareness is a, it's a method of either planning for pregnancy or avoiding pregnancy um, where you I teach people how to pay attention to their body's um, fertile signs that they're giving them. And we sort of um, understand how to interpret those signs and we put them in a chart. And from those signs, you can work out when you're fertile and when you're not, um, when you're safe, unprotected sex or not, if you're avoiding pregnancy. And if you're trying to conceive, you know when to have sex to optimise chances of conception. What are the like kind of things that you look out for like what are the signs that you use to kind of track those things so there are a few different ways of practicing fertility awareness and a few different methods the method that I teach is a symptothermal double check method which sounds a bit ridiculous yeah that does (laughs) basically there's three things that we that we um chart quite religiously and then there's things that you can add on so we do cervical mucus observations Uh, We do body temperature and we have a calendar rule. So if you want, I can talk a little bit more about those. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so intrigued about the cervical mucus, like how you can use that. So cervical mucus is, has become like my favorite thing in the world. I didn't Mm. think I'd ever say that four years ago, but I'm (laughs) obsessed. So cervical mucus is a fluid that is um, produced in the cervix and it's produced under the influence of estrogen. So that's before you ovulate. So your body starts producing cervical mucus. We observe it. Um, and from that, you can tell if you're fertile or not, um, which is so, so, so cool. In order for conception to occur, cervical mucus needs to be present because sperm can survive for up to five days in it. Oh and that's such cervical mucus... <laughs> It is. Cervical mucus is incredible. So what it does, there's different types of cervical mucus, but I won't get into that. Um, but basically what it does is it nourishes sperm. It transports sperm from the vagina to the fallopian tubes. It filters out defective sperm, which is really cool. And it also, once you have ovulated and the egg is gone, um, cervical mucus also makes a plug at the entrance to your cervix. So that keeps out any bacteria or anything, which is so cool like it's such an amazing thing that our body does yeah our bodies are amazing so how do you like check your cervical mucus 
So the idea is that you check it pretty much every time your pants are down. So when you go to the bathroom, when you have a shower, um, anything like that, and you just uh, wipe, so from front to back, and you just observe what's on the toilet paper when you do that. The other way that we also chart cervical mucus is by sensation, so our walking sensation throughout the day. Um, some people will feel dry and then they'll feel start feeling moist. And then when they're super fertile and ovulation is about to occur, they'll feel really wet. And then once ovulation has occurred, most people will typically sort of dry up again. So it's quite a cool pattern, a quite a, like a window of fertility. Yeah, and it's awesome being able to actually be in tune with your body and realise what it's doing because I feel like we're so out of tune with our bodies and how Absolutely. they give us so many signs, but I feel like we just, I mean, we haven't been taught how to tune into your body. No. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but my high school sex education was, or my primary school even um, was, you know, don't have sex because you could get pregnant at any time. Off you go. Here's a condom. Like, yeah. When in reality, like women and menstruators are only fertile for about six to seven days per cycle and men and penis owners are fertile 365 days a year from like the age of 10 to the age of 80. It's just madness. Yeah, yeah that is. So how can we use temperature to track our cycle? So not every method uses temperature. The method that I teach does. And what we do is we use a basal body thermometer or an ovulation thermometer. And as soon as we wake up in the morning, we take our temperature, which takes about a minute or two minutes. Um, and then we plot that into our chart. And what happens is before ovulation in your follicular phase, your temperatures will be quite low. And then once ovulation has occurred, the egg will burst from the follicle the follicle that's left behind restructures into the corpus luteum and the corpus luteum produces progesterone. Progesterone, the hormone, has a thermogenic effect on the body. So once you've ovulated, your body temperature rises and it will stay high either until your next period or if you've conceived until you deliver the baby, which is so cool. Yeah, that is, I never would have thought, I mean, I've just never really thought about any of like fertility awareness, to be honest. So like, I wouldn't have even thought that temperature was something that you can use to track your cycle, nor did I realize it's that incredible. ovulation had that impact. Yeah, yeah that is it's, so I mean, awesome. It's not a massive temperature change. Like it's not, oh, today I'm wearing a t-shirt and tomorrow I'm wearing a jumper, but it's more like on a really small level, your temperature increases and it's, incredible to like witness and to see it happening because you're like oh my god my body has actually done this thing that it's designed to do yeah absolutely is this something that you've always practiced yourself no absolutely not my goodness um I was so I have polycystic ovarian syndrome and yeah. I was diagnosed with that when I was I think 13 14 and from the age of 14 I was put on the pill um and the doctors just said this is your treatment. This is what you have to do. Um, and one day, as soon as you want babies, you can come off the pill and we'll help you get pregnant. And obviously being young, I just listened to them and mm. I was like, yep, okay. The doctors are telling me that's fine. And I sort of got to my mid twenties and I was like, I, I was having so many awful symptoms and like, I was just so unwell in like such a crazy way um and I did so much stuff I did elimination diets and I lost heaps of weight and I did all these things and I was still so sick 
And I sort of narrowed it down. I was like, I think it's the pill. I'm taking this medication. I've been taking it for over 10 years. Like, I think this is what's making me sick. And I went back to the doctor and they were just like, no, you have to stay on the pill. Have to stay on it. This is the only way that you're ever going to like have a healthy, happy life. And I sort of started getting a bit disgruntled with it. And then about three to four years ago, I think obviously getting a little bit older and a bit more um, defiant in what I wanted, I was like, no, this can't be it. So I started doing heaps of research into other contraceptive methods. I looked into like getting a diaphragm, which didn't, I didn't really want to do that. I looked into getting like a copper IUD. I didn't really want to do that. And then one day I stumbled across um, an Instagram account for women with PCOS and they were talking about how you could time um, sex in your fertile window for conception because obviously people with PCOS tend to have sub-fertility. And I was like, if they're doing it to get pregnant, can I not just do it in reverse and avoid pregnancy? And that was the start of like me discovering fertility awareness. I then went out and I bought a book and I read it cover to cover in two days. And I was like, I I spoke to my partner and I was like, yo, like, I really want to get off the pill. Are you like, okay with this? It was a bit more of a conversation than that, but that was kind of how it started. Um, And he was like, yep, do it. Like, you know, you're not well, blah, blah, blah. I went off it and haven't looked back. I probably wouldn't recommend going off it so really nearly, but I just did it. I was so over it. And yeah. within two weeks, all of the symptoms I was having had almost all gone away. That's crazy. And yeah, and I was so happy. My mood had changed. I was like a different human. And then I got an instructor to learn fertility awareness because I thought, I'm not going to wing this. I really don't want to get pregnant. Um So I did that and then I realised that that's what I wanted to do with my life and now I'm an instructor and it's just been such a wild ride and I'm like so happy that I found it. Yeah, isn't it amazing how, you know, a life experience like that can happen and then all of a sudden it's your career, like it can change Mm -hmm. everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing though that you did find this method and, you know, did go out and take that leap of faith and, did it so how long have you been practicing fertility awareness um so I've about three years I'm sort of a bit fuzzy on the dates I think COVID's really sort of knocked me around yeah, I don't even absolutely. know what year it is anymore <laughs> but about three years wow and like have you obviously you just like yeah no looking back this is exactly what's right for you yeah I mean look Fertility awareness isn't for everyone, but at the same time, the pill isn't for everyone. Um, the, you know, condoms aren't for everyone. It's everyone's so different. So yeah, it's the right thing for me. It's the right thing for my relationship. It's the right thing for where I'm at in life right now. It's um, yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I wish doctors provided more information on things like that because I know I've had conversation with my friends. As soon as I say to the doctors, oh, like, I think I want to come off the pill. They're like, no, don't do that. Like, that's such a bad idea. And they try and push for them to stay on it. It's so common. And I think as well, one thing I've learned with my own experience with working with clients and just like fertility awareness as a whole, once you finish taking the pill or any sort of hormonal contraception, it can take just one month for your body to regulate, but it can also take up to 18 months, like a year and a half for your body to get into this groove again. Because by taking these drugs, you're shutting down your body's normal hormone production, you're stopping ovulation occurring. And depending on when you take it in your sort of um, hormone maturity, I suppose, like if you're younger, it can take a lot longer for your body to regulate. And 
obviously not everyone wants to conceive, not everyone wants kids, but to be told just come back when you want to have kids or just wait until you want to have kids, but then it could take up to a year and a half. Like that's massive. That's huge. And they don't tell people that. Even now I go back to the doctor because they always try and get me to go back on the pill. And I've gotten to the point now where I lie to them and I say that I'm trying to conceive because it's the only way that I can get medical care, but we'll gloss over that. Um, and they, they, I say to them, I have been off the pill for this long and I, my cycles are still a little bit, you know, irregular and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, we can just give you more medication for that. We can fix that. And I'm like, I don't want to be on pills forever. Like that just doesn't sit right with me at all. No, we should be able to have more options than that. And that's really frustrating that that's the medical standard is that people with uteruses should be on the pill or some yeah. hormonal type of contraception. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I think the pill is fantastic. It's a brilliant contraceptive. Um, It has revolutionized the lives of millions of people. It's it's incredible. But I just think, you know, you go into the doctor, they give you the pill. They don't tell you any of the side effects, anything that could happen. Um, And they're also giving it to people younger and younger for things like irregular periods or heavy periods or acne. And it's like, this is still a medication. It's still really serious. Um, and I think that's part of what I, why I do what I do. I just want everyone to have all the information and be able to make a fully informed decision about what they want to do with their contraception, whether it is fertility awareness or the con- or condoms or the IUD or the pill. Like if people understand the risks and then still make that decision, then that's totally fine. But to not have the information and just have it sort of forced upon you just it's it's not right no I agree and I even remember myself I went onto the pill I think I was 14 maybe just turned 15 because I was Mm -hmm. going overseas and I didn't want to have my period um when I was in Indonesia so I was like yep we'll go on the pill and we just said like oh I've got heavy periods like yeah no worries here's the pill and then I haven't questioned it since and so it's been like I don't even know how many years but you just it's literally just like yeah here take this and there's no education on it really at all absolutely and you know I talk to even my friends now and they sort of tell me about these like symptoms that they're having or struggles that they're having and they live really like healthy lives and they're you know very well and they exercise a lot and I'm like it could be the pill because by taking the pill you're shutting down estrogen production progesterone production you're not ovulating and those things are really important for our overall health and well-being so you know maybe think about it maybe just do a bit of research and see if there's any other options for you because like I said it's a it's an amazing medication and it does a really good job but it's just not for everyone and it's not the best thing for your body yeah absolutely so is there any other ways that we can practice fertility awareness apart from the cervical mucus and temperature? So there are cervical mucus only methods, um, which do absolutely require an instructor because there's a lot more to it. Uh, and those methods are really great for people that are postpartum or heading into menopause and those sort of times of their life. Because, you know, if you have just had a baby, taking your temperature every morning can be just absolutely impossible. Um, So those methods are really good for those sort of people. And then we have symptohormonal methods. So we use cervical mucus and urinary testing. So um, like ovulation predictor kits and luteinizing hormone testing and progesterone testing, which are really good, again, for certain people. Um, And then there are sort of methods that aren't, 
real fertility awareness. So, or not methods that I would recommend, I suppose. So like temperature only methods and calendar only methods, which is like the rhythm method that was popular in the 1930s. <laughs> um, but I suppose, yeah, the three big ones are the symptothermal, cervical mucus only and symptohormonal. Yeah. So tracking apps are a big thing. I used to use them back in like high school just to have some idea. Are they effective? Well, so there's two different types of tracking apps. So the first we have are um, like just like a period tracking app. So you download an app from an app store and you enter in the days of your bleed and it gives you a prediction. These are just a digital version of the rhythm method, basically. Yep. The only thing they're sort of good for is tracking your bleed. The reason for that is they work on the idea that everyone has a 28-day cycle and ovulates on day 14. This is true for like a tiny portion of the population. Ovulation is a, um, it's a variable 24-hour hormonal event and it can change for any reason. So if you're sick, if you've traveled, if you're stressed, if something really exciting is happening, um, anything that your body can sort of perceive as something being off, it can delay ovulation. So if you're using a period tracking app as a form of contraception, you're just sort of playing with fire because okay, there's yeah. no way that a phone can tell you when you're going to ovulate. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And no, then I can imagine that. Yeah. And then the other kind of app is they're getting very popular. It's an app with a device that you take your temperature with. I'm not going to like name names because they're not very kind when people talk about them. But basically, it's like a, a temperature only method. So it takes your temperature, it puts it into an algorithm, and it tells you when you're infertile, when you're fertile, and when you're when you've confirmed ovulation and you're infertile again. These don't work because temperature is a retrospective um, marker of ovulation. So our temperature rises once we've ovulated. There's nothing that changes about your temperature before ovulation to indicate that it's happening. Um, and also, again, algorithms don't work. You are a human being. You don't conform to a computer code or whatever. Um, there is one of these particular devices that is really, really popular. Um, it's extremely expensive. And the maker of this device has said that their ideal user is someone that's in a long-term committed relationship that wants to conceive soon, but wants a break from hormonal contraceptives before they try and conceive. But they then market this as a contraception option. Um, and it's not, it doesn't work. That doesn't and make they, sense. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. And they lie to their consumers. They lie to their, like, it just, it doesn't sit right with me at all. It's one of those things where if you're fully aware of those things and if you're aware that temperature can't tell you when you're going to ovulate, you need to be checking cervical mucus and understanding that as well, then that's fine. If you're aware of it and you want to take that risk, that's brilliant. But it's just that there's no transparency over these sort of items. And they have an option in the app to chart your cervical mucus, but they don't do anything with that information. They don't it's, – it's just sort of there. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just – it doesn't sit right and they're so popular and it just makes me so angry. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I feel like with the influence when things blow up like that, everyone jumps on it, oh, it's a new craze, you know, we want this natural method. 
and you know it's expensive which makes it probably seem more legit and when everyone's using it they think it's you know this great method yeah absolutely and all the studies that sort of support what they say um, they've been paid for by the company so you know make of that what you will I know studies are always so dodgy you need to know exactly what to look for because they're always so dodgy absolutely so for those who are wanting to avoid pregnancy and want to use this Mm -hmm. method what should they do when they're like in that fertile window so in our fertile window our intentions need to line up with our behavior so for example when I have a new client I get them to fill out a form and we have an intention scale so you're either like very strongly trying to avoid pregnancy and would terminate if you fell pregnant or the other end of the scale is you know I just want to have one more hot girl summer and then we're going to have a baby so there's a very big scale and if you're someone that is really strongly avoiding pregnancy um, and you know it would be detrimental if you fell pregnant then I would always recommend alternative sex so like oral sex manual sex um, that sort of stuff toys erotica porn doing all that stuff in your fertile window you can use condoms but once you use so once you have penetrative sex in your fertile window you are now using the effectiveness of what you've chosen to use. You're not, you're no longer using the effectiveness of your chosen fertility awareness method. So for my clients um, that want to have sex in their fertile window, I say you can go for gold, just be aware of the risks. And if you want to, if you really want to probably double up on contraceptive options. So use a condom and withdraw before ejaculation um, just for that added layer of security um, but yeah, sort of whatever you want to do in your fertile window is fine. You just have to be aware of the risks that's involved. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's something would probably be a bit intimidating if you were on the, like, I really don't want to get pregnant scale, but you also don't want to take hormonal contraception. It'd be a bit intimidating. I think one, one conversation that I'm really noticing changing at the moment is, you know, the whole orgasm gap, the fact that, you know, not many women and uterus owners orgasm from penetration alone. And penetration isn't this like gold standard of sexual experience or intimacy. And there are so many things you can do when you're fertile that are going to get you both off probably. And it can be just as intimate. It can be just as fun. Like you don't have to have penetrative sex to have sex. That's, I think that thought process is going out the window very quickly. Absolutely. And I feel like if you you started practicing this method and then you're looking at having sex in different ways during that fertile window, you'll probably find you're having better sex anyway and more enjoyable and finding pleasure in such different ways. Because as soon as you bring like toys into the bedroom or just start looking at different body parts, it opens up so much more so much more absolutely and look I've even had clients say that their sex lives has have improved they were so worried they thought their sex lives would become worse but they're like it has got so much better because we have to communicate with each other about where I'm up to or like you know what my fertility is like um and then we have to sort of you know still be intimate and we do all these other amazing things so like to me that's just the best thing in the world I love hearing that from people Absolutely. I would too, especially because not only has 
you know, the fertility awareness being effective, but you've been like the relationships are improving and their sex life's improving, which is amazing. Yeah. And I think as well, one of the biggest things I hear from people that have come off the pill or some sort of hormonal contraception is they're like, whoa, my libido is back. Like, where did that come from? I thought I had a really low sex drive or sex desire. And now I'm like fired up and ready to go. Like what the heck? And so they're doing all this other stuff in their fertile window. They're having heaps of orgasms. They're feeling really intimate. They're so in touch with their sexuality. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. That is amazing. It kind of is an interesting point because you think so many like vulva owners think that they have a low sex drive. So many of them yeah. do, but so many of us are on hormonal contraception. So it would be interesting if all of us were off it, if we would still be thinking the same thing or if yeah. all of a sudden we all have these sex drives that, you know, we didn't know we had. It's amazing. Well, around ovulation, when all of our hormones are peaking, we have a little peak of testosterone. Biologically, from like a, a reproduction point of view, that's when your body wants you to like make babies and wants you to have sex. So it makes complete sense that sort of that before ovulation, you have a higher sex drive. Um, and yeah, I just, I live for it. Cause I was the same when I was on the pill, I thought I didn't really like sex that much. I even was like a bit like, is there something wrong with me? Like I love my partner so much, but I just don't really want to like have sex. And then I came off the pill and two weeks later, I was like, Oh, hello. Where have you been? <laughs> Oh my goodness, what is this? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> is there anything else that you think is important to touch on in the about a fertility awareness? Yeah, so I think one of my biggest things with fertility awareness is that it can be practiced by everyone, regardless of where they're at in their life. It's not going to be the right option for everyone, but everyone can practice it. I hear a lot of conversations, um, especially by people in the medical community saying, you know, you can only do it if you have a regular cycle because, you know, otherwise just, you know, asking to fall pregnant. That really isn't the case. I even think that fertility awareness is more powerful for those with irregular cycles because you know when you're fertile, you can confirm when you're ovulating. It's a really great insight into your hormone health without having to get blood tests or anything like that. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I've got a lot of clients with endometriosis, PCOS, um, all those sort of things. And we can confirm ovulation. They are avoiding pregnancy. Like it's not that hard. Um, And it can be so powerful because speaking as someone with PCOS, when you feel like your body's betrayed you for so long and, and that it's not doing what it's supposed to, and it can be so disheartening, actually seeing it and confirming ovulation and knowing when you're fertile is so powerful. Um, And I honestly think it changed my life and my relationship, like with my body and everything, because it was like, Oh my God, you're not betraying me. Like you're doing, you're doing the right thing and, and you're successfully doing the right thing. Yes. Sometimes people with irregular or longer cycles, um, it can be a little bit harder. There's a little bit more learning involved, Um, And it can mean that you're sort of fertile for a little bit longer because if there's a hormone imbalance, uh, you may have a longer fertile window. But it's just so powerful. And just being able to know that your body's doing its job is incredible. Yeah, it would be, especially because I feel like for a lot of people, 
you don't even you don't know if you just assume your body's doing the right thing or if you do have a medical condition it is frustrating especially with any it seems like majority of medical medical conditions that affect uteruses and menstruators that it, hormones is the only way to kind of treat it even though yeah. they don't really have treatments for them so no and yeah. and being on hormonal contraceptives doesn't treat the issue it, it can make it worse it's just a band-aid and what you're doing is just delaying the inevitable mm-hmm. like if there's something going on we want to work out why and we want to start being proactive and even if you never ever ever want kids and you want to be child free for life still knowing that you're ovulating and getting you know the benefits of estrogen and progesterone and letting your body sort of do what it's meant to do is so important for your overall health and that's where like fertility awareness can just be so powerful yeah definitely yeah I love that thank you so much for talking about it because it's been awesome I'd love to know what is something that's orgasmic to you uh oh really good question something that's orgasmic to me um to be honest, I think knowing when I've confirmed ovulation and knowing that I can have unprotected sex without any cause or concern with for pregnancy, I think that's amazing and really good for your sex life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it would be. Um, no, I can I, I can 100% agree with that because then it's very much once you know you're in the safe like the safe zone, you can be so much more spontaneous and absolutely. just like, let yeah. your freak flag freak flag fly and just have the best time yeah absolutely I love that so where can the shaggers find your content um so they can find me on instagram at no so k-n-o-w-h-q yeah that's all and website or anything Uh, I do have a website um www.nohq.com.au amazing well thank you so much for coming on talking about this it's was a very interesting topic and it's something that I myself haven't been educated on I imagine there'd be a lot of other people out there that are the same so thank you so much no problem thank you so much for having me